Hey, 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 everybody! Welcome to another episode of The Archapreneur Now! Oh, yeah! Be quiet, Grandpa! This is Heath Armstrong. I am your host, and I am pumped up to have you here on episode 39. Whoever you are, wherever you may be, whatever you may be creating, I am excited that you are here with me today for our episode with William Goggins and Denzel Smith from Denote Clothing out of Atlanta. We're going to get into the ins and outs of starting up your own clothing company and how following your passion, whether it be skateboarding and arts and just being yourself is the best thing that you could possibly do. I do need to warn you all that there is some explicit language in this podcast, so if that offends you, or if you have little ones around, please skip to the next episode and do not listen to this one. With that being said, this is The Entrepreneur Now, and for all the show notes, we've got artsynow.com forward slash 39, and here we go. Come on, everybody, let me hear that beat. Come on, come on, everybody, let me hear that flippity-floppity-stickity-stickity-riggity-dickity beat. Yeah. Here we go now. Who wants to get funky? Who wants to get a little creative out there? Which one of you want to get a little bit artsy now? Then get on with your bad self. Coming strong out of the ATL, inspired by the creativity of graffiti and skateboarding. Denote clothing. Ain't nobody dope as the note. They just so fresh, so clean. I love it when they create things. They just so fresh, so clean. A hickory dickory dock. Denote, you're on the clock. Guys, you are the entrepreneurs now. What is going on? Oh, just uh, <laughs> maxing and relaxing out here in uh, Atlanta. And you guys, you guys are living it, huh? Yeah, just uh, yeah, just so doing I'm, our art. Yeah, <laughs> I'm here with William Goggins uh, and Denzel Smith from Denote Clothing, both founders. William does he, he's a lead illustrator. Denzel does web design and graphic design. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, a clothing line inspired by graffiti and skateboarding subculture, heavily involved in the music and art atmosphere of Atlanta. So you guys have quite the following. And being in Atlanta, uh, you're big Outcast fans, I take it. So yes, I, yeah, and I just saw them. At, they were up here at Forecastle, just going crazy. Uh, Andre was running around the stage demanding that all the girls take their panties off. It was great. <laughs> I, I think at one point he said like. I want you to act like your daddies ain't around or something. And then uh, <laughs> yeah, a bunch of them flooded up on the stage and he was wearing that big suit that said, uh, what did it, I think it said like, I love big girls or big girls love me or one of the two things. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm really digging those suits. They're pretty, pretty fucking cool. Yeah, they are. They always have something really righteous to say. <laughs> and I, I think how, the wig, the, did he have the wig on? The white oh, yeah. wig, yeah, yeah, that's, that's been pretty fucking sick. Him and Big Boy, I follow him all the time. So every day I see like Andre and Big Boy, and Andre's in like the wig, and I'm like, maybe I should go with that look. 
So, so you met Andre a couple days ago. Tell us about that. Yeah, um, we were actually we went to a bar called a uh, Flatiron, and uh, we we're just chilling and drinking and it's just uh, cheap pictures. And uh, our homie Winston, who works at Guitar Center, he was a uh, he actually that day he worked on a couple of uh, Andre's guitars, and I guess. You know, like that, as weird as it sounds, I guess they met up at that area and Winston was just there and he ran inside. He was like, Hey, you guys want to meet Andre? We're like, Uh, yeah, <laughs> why not? <laughs> it's like, oh, you, The fuck do you expect? You think we're going to say no? <laughs> like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like I'm, from, I'm from New Orleans. So, like, Outcast was huge in New Orleans, but nothing compared to how Outcast here because it's just, you know, you know, Atlanta. You know, it's like the whole feeling of Atlanta. So we go out there, and uh, I'm starstruck. Jeremy's starstruck. Jeremy's also, you know, he's not here right now. He's uh, another illustrator, artist on our uh, team and founder. Um, he's starstruck. Basically, we're all fangirling, but we're trying to keep it together. And uh, we just started having a conversation with him. And, uh, yeah, we just all met. Our friend Winston got, you know, the connects and all this other stuff with him. And got the photo, and I guess, yeah, that's how the story goes. Did you get any amazing advice from him when you were talking to him? Um, Jeremy did. And I wish he was here to tell us, <laughs> um, I had to leave. I had uh, other obligations to take care of, but he hung out with him and went to the show. Cause he was going to a punk rock show that night. It was pretty like pretty damn cool. He's so down to earth. Hmm. What show was it? Um, it was just some local bands, just some local bands. He was just going to check out some local bands that were going on. It was a, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah I think he said he was starting. He was starting a three-piece rock quartet, or not rock quartet, but three-piece punk band, I believe. <laughs> well, that sounds fantastic. I would have just given him a high five over and over again, like fist pump the entire time. <laughs> oh man, that's that was all happening in our hearts. We just didn't want to seem so. Oh my God, Andre! You know, like, how do we sound? Like no, you know we're you know we're the rebels, and then we see Andre three thousand, and we start fangirling. Like how yeah, you get, you have to act cool. <laughs> Just try as hard as you can. Fangirling makes is a perfect word for it. So was that was that some biggie that was just popping on that phone there? Yeah, that was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I thought you guys were bringing some tunes to the to the show. We needed a little bit of that. <laughs> so how did how did you guys come up with the name Denote? Um. I guess I'll I'll take this yeah, one. Yeah, go for it. Um, I just remember originally we were going to be called Bad Seed, and we were looking at it and we were just like, you know, rebels, this, that, and the other, and just like, you know, we're the Bad Seed. And then we did some searches and it was just like, there's so many Bad Seeds, like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not original at all. And uh, I was just looking up some words and it was like, you know, taking everybody's personality and like what we all represent. Like we all represent, we all have the same goal, but we all represent like different aspects we all have our own opinion about certain things and which makes us all click so much so i was just doing research and i was just typing in words and i was just you know like thinking about everything and i was like we we all signify and we're all we're all trying to you know get our how do, how do i say this trying to get our you know opinions and how we feel about things out and it's not even necessarily how we feel it's just how we do things just get 
our point of view out as artists you know we want to express ourselves so denote was perfect like if you look up the definition of denote it's to signify to represent to you know stand for something and that's what we all aim to do yeah i think everybody visual artists musicians uh, any type of creative it doesn't matter if you're a designer or if you, you know you're just one of those guys that likes to drive down the road you know butt naked with your colorful socks hanging out the window I think, <laughs> right I think everybody's got a message behind what they create and there's a story that goes into all of it so it's that's pretty powerful that you've kind of rolled that into your name i think that those are the types of names that will stick with people right right i mean like like you said there's a story like every one of us has a story to tell and we all show that through our art no matter if it's through design like no matter like design and propaganda and, you know, just drawing in general and illustrating in general is like we all have a story to tell and it all reflects through our style. And we're just trying to bring that to the public and let us let it be known that, you know, we were representing the misfits because we were all the misfits whenever we were growing up, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I know you're into the skateboarder scene a little bit. And on episode eight, I believe, of The Entrepreneur Now, uh, if you go to artsynow.com forward slash eight, I interviewed... Patrick McInerney of Wood Skateboards, and he's an artist as well, and he he makes skateboards and designs, and he did T-shirts for a while, had a couple shops there, uh, and he yeah. actually is into web design and mobile applications too, and and was part of that pioneer for uh, doing that skate app that Nike is releasing. Uh, for, oh, so you play the game Skate, and he was heavily involved in that, and so it's oh, pretty no. cool. And he he when he was on, he told me about. This artist up there called Hiroshi. Have you ever heard of him? Where uh, he, he takes depending. recycled skateboards and presses them and creates sculptures out of them. I mean, it's like the coolest. Yeah, he art does I've ever the seen. Uh, he does the the Skater of the Year awards. He usually makes their trophies and everything. He, he's always involved in the barracks and everything. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, he, he makes trophy for the barracks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's the big middle finger. <laughs> he's a cool dude. Like, I, looking at his artwork, it just like blows my mind how he creates that stuff. But it, it's imagine like the story behind every single one of those, just like you know, you guys are saying. So, right. Well, I want I want to hear the background on kind of how you all met and how the idea came to fruition. You know, when you you were all kind of sitting around or whatever you might have been doing, and you're like, hey, you know, we don't want to go work these corporate jobs and be unhappy the rest of our lives. Let's you know, being misfits or whatever you might have called yourselves, uh, with anything you had to have known that nothing was going to come easy. So when you kickstarted this thing, what were those techniques to kind of get that market? And how, how did you kind of get this whole thing rolling? You want to take that? <laughs> yeah. Well, as far as we like all of us meeting, um, I've known Jeremy for pretty much all my life, and uh, we started doing when we growing up together. We started doing graffiti. So years after that, and pretty much uh, after hella crazy nights and hella like background story, or whatever, you know, it was time to make the move to go to college. So I finally picked my college. SCAD was my uh, first choice school. I had no fucking idea that I was going to get in. Like I completely winged it. Uh, <laughs> like on seriously, like uh, no money, no idea, no plan or anything. And then uh, my mom was like, are you going to go to college? I was like, I, I guess so. And I applied. Funny shit is when I applied, I thought I didn't get in. So I was working some shitty job at, at a fucking retirement home. And then uh, and I was waiting for the acceptance letter. And as far as I know, I was like, well, I got declined. And it turns out they sent my acceptance letter to the wrong place. 
So I was sitting there thinking, God, I'm a fucking failure. I'm not going to college. I'm fucking working this shitty job. And like, uh, I was about to do a room service run and my mom calls me. She's like, I got your acceptance letter. And it turns out I put down the wrong address and she was like, you don't even know where we fucking live. And I was like, oh, it was an accident. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> and so she's like, you're stressing me the fuck out. And I was everything. But I was like, yeah, well, I'm going to college now. And, um, Jeremy tagged along with me. And, uh, I guess when we first got on campus, we were really fucking weird. Uh, as far as everything goes, it's like Slipknot shirts, death metal shirts, you know, long shaggy hair and shit like that, and uh, pretty much freaking everybody the hell out. But we stuck close together, and you know, we were in Atlanta, so it's a prime spot to start doing graph and catching tags and shit. And me and Jeremy would just hang out all day in my dorm room, and uh, one night, um, I saw Denzel skating. And I was like, God, that guy looks like a fucking asshole. He pretty much was a fucking <laughs> asshole. And uh, one day, one of my friends brought him over to the room. And he was like, hey, this guy skates too. And I was like, this guy doesn't fucking skate. I don't care. But uh, we played a game of skate, and it turns out he was a fucking asshole. But, you know, through that through that small interaction, like, we got through the whole, you know, machismo shit and became pretty much best friends, you know. He was on the verge of graduating, so I was pretty much following his lead. And uh, I got into a lot of trouble on the dorms, and he pretty much, since he had a lot of pull and a lot of influence, he would keep me out of trouble or, like, keep the RAs off my ass and shit. Pretty much shake down the RAs and whatever. He was, like, the like, pretty much had motherfuckers shaking in their boots so they wouldn't fuck with him. So that, of course, made us tighter. <laughs> so I was like, hell yeah, you know, fucking badass dickheads on campus. And then – um. <laughs> funny how we met Aaron Denzel already knew Aaron but I had knew I known of Aaron turns out he's a crazy artist and uh towards my junior year they kept switching my rooms around because I kept having all these stupid parties and just getting in a lot of fucking trouble and they thought I was crazy as hell so and of course the rumor on campus was that uh Aaron the other illustrator he was crazy as shit so the RAs thought okay we'll put both of them in the room together and they can be crazy by themselves and stop disturbing people. <laughs> and uh turned out me and Aaron had more in common than anyone thought. And it just turned into a conglomerate of assholery. So, uh, but being in a room with him, I took a, a lot of his artistic influence and a lot of his, you know, his stature when it comes to stuff like illustration, comic books, because he was a sequential major and I was an illustration major. And uh, we all clicked together. It's like we formed that, uh, not a holy trifecta, but the unholy foursome. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And um, we uh, finally moved off campus. And it pretty much, how Denote started, it took from uh, Jeremy and Denzel's idea. And, of course, you know, being close-knit with everyone, all of our, I guess all of our skills and techniques came into a pool. And we were like, what the hell are we going to do with this, you know? I was working on my own comic book idea with uh, Aaron, and we were trying to get stuff together, but we were still trying to make uh, you know, art. And we were like, well, there has to be another way that we can like intervene because Denzel's a sick graphic designer. Jeremy's a sick painter, illustrator just like myself. And we were like, let's, let's make something out of it, you know, through skating with each other and checking out a whole bunch of other brands and basically seeing a lot of stuff in Atlanta. They were like, okay, that's just straight bullshit, and they're making money off of a culture that they know nothing about. I uh, pretty much think that's what planted the seed to start to know. Have you have you experienced that it's been 
do, do you think it was harder to initially get started or is, is it harder to kind of keep going every single day? Personally, I think we started off with fire and I think that was the easiest thing because everybody had their own views and their own ideas and everybody was pretty much hungry about the whole situation. So when it finally came together, there were a lot of fresh ideas, a lot of formulated like concepts. So I think it was way easier to get started than it is to keep going, keep going and like to keep pushing forward and keep like dealing and jumping over hurdles. That's the hard part. Now that you're on your feet, that's the hard part. Yeah, I think that with any new business, especially people that have no experience doing it, it's it's good to have a team and not just one individual trying to do it all. You know, there can be advantages to both because I'm sure you guys do run into those bridges where you don't agree with each other. Uh, but continuing to to roll out, you know, the ability to make money and sustain the living has got to be a difficult thing. So for anybody out there who's who's thinking about taking that step forward and starting a business, what would you tell them now? Uh, as far as when you first start, what what kind of advice would you give them? Um, let the little things go <laughs> because there's four of us and we're all artists and we all have this concept of how everything should be displayed and conveyed. And a lot of times we get sidetracked with little stuff that we think might matter, but more or less always keep the big picture in mind. And always keep that like long-standing goal in mind and let the little disagreements and little arguments go. And learn how to take from everyone and learn that you don't always have to give your opinion on everything. Yeah, that's that's extremely, extremely thorough advice. As simple as it is, it's so important to really let the little things go. You can really apply that to any aspect of life, you know? I mean, if I yeah. work all day and Lindsay's complaining to me about never seeing me you know i just let that go out the other ear and then it's all good again yeah, <laughs> yeah. no i'm just kidding that's probably not the best thing to do when you're doing <laughs> with the girl, but uh yeah so y- y- you mentioned you guys are into a little party and so next time you guys have a big party and i'm in the area i'm just gonna come crash it uh you, you might be surprised man <laughs> you see some weird shit man. yeah some weird shit man like I, I've walked into bathrooms and wish I hadn't. Like, I'm telling you. <laughs> the cleanup afterwards is always the worst. Hey, man, it, there's some weird stuff that goes on in Kentucky. I'll tell you that much. I mean, uh, I worked I, I work for a uh, a company who, and I sell chemicals, right? Yeah. I sell chemicals to construction and concrete companies, and I do this on the side. And we had this other sales guy, and he's a lot like Danny DeVito. Uh, he's just a funny little tiny weird guy. And uh, he went in the office late one night and he walked in through the plant and got into the front office there and he noticed there were two trucks in the parking lot. And he looked to the left into the president's office and it was the janitor, who's a male, just going to town on another guy. God knows where that guy came from. <laughs> I mean, you just never know. Right. Yeah. I'm yeah, not yeah. sure I should have told that story on here, but I'm going to leave it in. So <laughs> everybody needs a good laugh, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Can, can you guys tell us about the process of actually creating a piece of clothing uh, from the beginning idea stage to the arrival of it in your hands and then kind of pushing it out to the market? I mean, I think it's great for listeners to hear that it's not the end of the world to try to create something. It can be done, and there is proof of it everywhere. 
Word. Uh, well, first and foremost, I want to say, like, uh, no yes men. Like, that's the whole thing with our whole, you know, group. There's no yes men. Damn straight. So it's like, we do our art, and if it's shitty, someone's going to say it's shitty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and uh, so we might have an idea. It's like, Will might come up with something. Jeremy might come up with something. I, I might come up with something. Aaron might come up with something. And it's just, we'll do it, or we'll, like, talk about it and then you know we all give our opinions on it and on how to make it better how to do this and then we take it to the paper or in my case i'll sketch it out and take it to the computer and uh we'll show each other like a near done process or a near done uh you know piece and they like us as a conglomerate will all see it and we'll just be like yeah yeah that's pretty good you know this that and the other like we could probably work on like how about trying this how about trying that or if it's just like shitty we'll just be like no <laughs> yeah you no. got you gotta be thick <laughs> you learn quickly that not every design makes it yeah absolutely i mean what it's a good even though it doesn't make it doesn't mean that it wasn't a good thing because i think there's a huge lesson to be learned as far as starting to create something realizing that it's not going to be what you want it to be and it's not something that anybody else is going to want and just putting it you know putting it away retiring it putting it in its grave and and taking those principles that you learned off that and applying it to the next batch of stuff that you create knowing that you know you're not going to make that mistake again yeah right. exactly and sometimes your um your bad designs or you know your bad drawings or your bad illustrations aren't really you know bad is just like, you know, put that away and then you'll come back to it and you'll be like, okay, another idea just sparked from this on how to like, you know, make this gold, you know, like, you know, another one man's trash is another man's treasure. So it's like, I might see one of Will's old drawings and I'll be like, this would be sick if it was like this. And then will be like, oh, hell yeah, that'd be fucking awesome if you did that and we'll do it. And they'll be like, oh, well, this idea inspired from a fail. Yeah. Cause I'll be like, I thought that was shitty. And then Zell would be like, nah, man, look at this. And I'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing the, the doors that can open off things like that, isn't it? I mean, the, the stems that come out, it, it's a lot of things that I've failed on, and I've seen them like maybe a year later or something, picked them back up, and then it sparked an amazing idea in my head immediately. And then mm -hmm. I can put that into work and bring it to fruition. So, Yeah, it's. I mean, it's just how art works. You know, it's like, Art is not something that just happens instantly. It can, not saying that it can't. I mean, it's like, it's something that you have to, you know, like sit down, think about, move away from it, say, fuck it. Like I'm, I'm done with this and then come back to it. And you'd be like, okay, well, I'm surprised I didn't see this, you know, two days ago or two weeks ago or two months ago. <laughs> and you'll be like, well, okay, well, Damn, like I, I had a great idea and I don't even know why. It's just you have to give your time you have to give your brain time to just, you know, digest, as weird as that sounds. You know, you have to give your brain time to digest things that you see and how to create, you know, just creation, you know, the world wasn't created in one day. Yeah, I mean it makes perfect sense. And you know, I, I have the honor of chatting with so many creative people across the world doing all these different types of art forms. And it's interesting to hear everyone's take on artwork in particular. And I've found that some have stories behind everything they create and others just mm. plaster out their visual images onto canvas. Uh, but like deep down inside, not just on one particular piece of artwork at a time, what does creating really mean to you? I mean, 
Are these just shirts with, you know, baller ass designs on them or is there more of a driving force behind this whole thing? I would say for each shirt that we create, I don't think we've created a meaningless shirt yet. And I don't think we ever will because I, I guess the shirts are pretty much just another medium to get our thoughts and our beliefs out. So I figure each shirt that we create, there's a story behind it. And as a company that, you know, we've dealt with artists all of our lives and we've dealt with creative people, no matter what type of art you do or what type of creative process you go through, I think that we create shirts with the thought in mind that even though you don't know us, you can still relate to the design and the story behind it, even if you don't even know the story. So each design you see, you can say, okay, that's a part of me. You know, hence the name denote. You can take something from us and you can say this conveys and this expresses who I am really quickly with like an image or word or type or however we deliver it. Yeah. And for like a staple of your own life, like you individually, what does the company mean to you? The company to me means it's a driving force. That's going to pretty much it's going to be an umbrella for all of my creative outlets. It's going to give me the chance to show a different community my talent and pretty much define what I am and who I've always been as a person and as an artist. Like no bullshit, no half-assing as far as artistry goes, no taking advantage of something you know nothing about. Like the company signifies like truth and yeah, a full face for it. I like that analogy. I like the umbrella thing. I've never heard that. So it makes perfect sense. Very cool. Well, can you guys give us an example of uh, one of the crazier stories behind some, maybe one of your designs? You know, have you, do you have a shirt that symbolizes the time you woke up, you know, face down, pants down in the bushes after a party somewhere or, or, or what? Well, um, there's a shirt right now uh, that we, we're designing, or and it's um, it's really uh, I'll say complex, and it's called a uh, little drop here. It's called the tallest of motherfuckers, <laughs> and uh, it's because Jeremy's uh, he's six five, and uh, um, and Aaron's he's he's probably like six two or something, but me and Denzel we're like medium motherfuckers, so <laughs> <laughs> like, but. The tallest of motherfuckers, that shirt came from uh, Jeremy saying, man, I want to put something about, you know, weed on a shirt or something about like drugs on a shirt. But I don't want to say drugs and I don't want to be straightforward because that's kind of cliche. So I need I need to come up with an. He was basically in a mindset that he needed to come up with another word for being high and putting it on a shirt and that we could sell the people without people being like, oh, that shirt's about weed. And now nah, he was like, well, I'm going to take my height. You know, I'm tall as fuck, so we're going to do the tallest of motherfuckers. And it came out being a really gory and, like, gruesome shirt. Pretty much, like, just signifying, I don't know, like, our metal background. And, it like, the easiest way to say I'm high as shit all the time without saying I'm high as shit all the time. <laughs> so, say say the shirt one more time. The tallest of motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if you guys 
Uh, I'm getting into the closing questions here. I mean, they take, it's not the quickest thing in the world, but I like to ask everybody these. And before we get off, uh, I could probably talk to you guys for a long time. So (laughs) between you two that are just here, who, what's some of the music that you're listening to right now? Or who are some of your favorite creative influencers? Who do you look up to? Okay. Well, okay. I look up to, I'd say the gorillas. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, He's yes. like my favorite, man. Oh, man. Della Funky Homo Sapien. He's yeah. a monster. Yeah, uh, they're just so creative. And, like, they're the prime example of artists. You know, like, I've seen – I haven't seen them live, but I've seen a live performance of them. And there was, like, what, like 27 people on stage just to create this sound. And it's so beautiful how they, like, operate, you know. It's like the gestalt of everything just coming together is just – it's just perfect. It's so unified with them and they can link any style that they need to and come out with something gold, which is why I, I kind of like love them and how I relate it to denote, you know, oh, it's man, like the, we all have, the creativity is insane. Yeah. It, it's above and beyond. They even worked with like Ike Turner and just so many different people that are so behind the scenes to just get like perfect sounds, you know, and then they express it through, art like animation you know it's like they link everything together that like i'm pretty sure there's very few artists that don't like the gorillas <laughs> yeah absolutely and even D- deltron's new album is unbelievable oh yeah he was just he was just in uh well in october i went down to Asheville to see him and he was just mm-hmm. in louisville not that long ago but when i went down to Asheville, i made sure to leave like two hours early I was gonna get down there. He was playing at, uh, I think it was Moog, Moog Fest, maybe. Oh, okay. And a damn semi truck exploded, and I sat on the interstate on seventy five, uh, right above Knoxville. You couldn't go anywhere because it was tree lines on both sides for like five hours, and I damn. missed I missed the entire show. I was so pissed off. Shit. Uh, and I'm I think so my bass nectar that sucks. came on afterwards, so I had to watch all bass nectar's little gremlins like shove. <laughs> shove glow sticks up their assholes and like <laughs> and i was completely sober and i was just like oh my god <laughs> yeah del del's uh he he holds close to me gorillas are amazing and and obviously another big one i like is uh atmosphere and slow oh, oh yeah atmosphere so, is amazing what else are you listening to or, or do you have any other people that you look up to i mean for me right now i think on repeat, I've just been listening to the whole Deftones discography. Oh man, that's another one of my favorite bands. Yeah, those that's Deftones and Slipknot pretty much define me. Like those have been my two bands since I was probably sixteen, seventeen, and it's just because it's just pure energy and pretty much doing whatever the fuck you want to, and people taking it for what it is and accepting it into their lives, like yeah. right. Like Deftones defines like just pure energy, pure emotion and just getting lost in your own world and then trying to try to bring people into it. You know what I'm saying? And it's just being lost into your your own little corrupt atmosphere. You think you're important and just losing yourself in it. Yeah, they they are one of I mean, I've seen probably over a thousand concerts now and. I saw the Deftones one time. They came to Lexington. It was like five or six years ago, man. And it was unbelievable. I went and saw them on like a Wednesday night. They sold the place out. 
Yeah. And I just kind of stood there in the back in awe with how much, I mean, they, they didn't sound off the albums at all. I mean, their sound quality was insane. Yeah, straightforward. Yeah, straightforward. I, I couldn't believe I, I that he saw- could keep that voice the entire the entire show. It was just oh, yeah, always like I, I my best friend. He um for my birthday last year, he took me to see the show, and I think they were playing with uh yeah Ghost opened. They were uh like the sideline show, and then Avenged Sevenfold. So there are a whole bunch of fucking like jarhead dudes walking around. Which <laughs> is like no problem to me, but everyone has like bent brim hats on and shit. And there's like the old moms that are still trying to stay you know cool and hip, and they have like fishnets on and they're like sun bleached and shit and it's like okay i i listened to a vin seven photo i was like okay you know ghosts they they had a crazy opening but it's pretty much we watched the deftones we had we had pretty we got upgraded from lawn seats to like in-house so it was pretty sick and it was just like there was a row of people in front of me and apparently they weren't there to see it but i was so i was just screaming my ass off and my ball sack was just on the back of this dude's head. And it was, he was just like, oh, my God, can you calm down? And I was like, nah, man, you got to get a little more personal with my penis right now. It was like, I, I'm not going to sit down for this show. Like, I don't give a shit. And it was just crazy. It was amazing. Yeah, I've never seen, you know, him and Trent Reznor, Nine Inch Nails shows. They, they get me yes. fired up. Like, it, I really, it's like a whole nother being takes me over. And I'm just like raging. Like, it's crazy. Oh yeah, Nine Inch Nails. I, 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 I have no words for Trent. Like he, that's just—he's a monster. He is a monster. He, he is can a do monster <laughs> anything, and he works. <laughs> and he works with uh, you know, Queens of the Stone Age, which is another one of my favorite bands. They're so calculated, and the Arctic Monkeys is—they're so like asking us questions about music we listen to yeah everything. That, that could go on for hours <laughs> it can yeah the mon- arctic arctic monkeys were up here in covington a couple weeks ago and queens of the stone age is one i have not seen live but man i blast that songs for the deaf all the time it's still my favorite oh, oh yes, yes. <laughs> the opening track just gets me going man oh yeah and then uh their newest album like clockwork it's so different in how they did the videos. Uh, I don't remember who did the who did the. Oh, videos. I think it was a uh, Boneface or Skeleton Face, one of those dudes. I can't remember his name. It was a sick artist. He just yeah. like that. That videos. album's so good. Denzel went and got it on vinyl. <laughs> and I he didn't that. buy the CD. He got it on vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that. I've never I've done before. Vinyl. <laughs> yeah, it was like fuck the CD, fuck downloading it. Well, he downloaded it too, but he was like, "I got it on vinyl." And yeah, usually that's they, they come with the MP3s nowadays. I've been yeah, oh yeah, like I didn't even scratch it off. Get it. <laughs> I didn't even scratch it off to get it. I was like, I'm keeping this like crisp and like in order so that if I ever have to sell this, <laughs> like later in the future, or give it to my like grandkids <laughs> if MP3s are a thing. If we're not listening to music from our own skulls. <laughs> like, like, yeah, I'll be sure to give it to them. <laughs> yeah, I've seen, I've seen Slipknot before too, in, in Disturbed, and that was back when they were really. Big. I don't tell me that. I don't tell me that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, San Diego, uh, it was pretty cool. And of course, I can't ever leave out the conversation about Tool. Uh, but oh, yeah. for I don't know how many years now for them to go back on tour again. And they're in that huge lawsuit. I know it's draining a lot of their time and money, but hopefully that'll end soon and they'll be able to get out of it. Right. Uh, 
Yeah, Maynard's a freak, man. I suggest you guys check out the YouTube video of him uh, choking out this fan. Like, he runs up on stage while he's singing. You should be able to find it pretty easy. And he just puts him in, like, a full Nelson, just takes him down while singing the rest of the song. <laughs> that would be the scariest thing ever. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't want to be locked in a dark room with him. No, nah, he seems like he pulled a Gigi Allen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if you guys could spend a little bit of time creating something with anybody from the past or present, who who do you think you would choose and what would you create? Hmm. Shit, that's a hard one. Uh, you know what? Okay, from... I, I would say from past, artist-wise and comic book-wise, I would really love to sit down with Sam Keith. He's the creator. Uh, have you ever heard of the Max? No. Oh well, it's, it's crazy, crazy. It's '90s comics. I feel like I I feel like I should have been in the '90s. Like not fucking around in preschool or some shit like that or elementary. I should have been drawing comic books and fucking I don't know hanging out in dive bars. <laughs> but I would I would most definitely love to create something with Sam Keith because his it, it's, it's just weird. It's just creepy and it's fucking but it's right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the um, Max. Yeah, okay. Sam Keith. And uh, also, I would love to. I wouldn't be able to create with the guy because he's on a different level of the world, but I would love to sit down and just see how Saber works. Saber um, from MSK, AWR. Yeah, I would love – he did the world's largest piece. Like you oh, can yeah. see it from space. and He just does so much and is so in-depth. And I've read his MSK book like 80 times, and I still pull it out to this day. And when I need inspiration, I'll sit down and I'll read it. It's, it's crazy. Um, I guess for me it would be uh, uh, I guess not design wise would be Jamie Hewlett. He is the artist for the Gorillas and Tank Girl, and uh, all these other comic books that were just amazing. His art style is just so raw, like just just in everything. It's real, yeah, it, it's so real in how he creates his stuff and like his humans and his whole environment, like his environments are just great. Like I would love to just work with him, like design with him, like with his art. And, uh, I guess design wise, it would be, uh, I think it's Shango Fukuda. He's an old, uh, graphic designer. He used to work with a lot of illusions, like with graphic design. I don't know if you've ever seen the poster where there's a cannon and there's like a bullet flying into it. Yes. Yeah, he's the creator of that, and he did a lot of uh, illusions. He's more of like a surrealist uh, graphic designer, but his messages were so strong, and I want to get to that level. I want to get to that level so bad. He's just one of the greats. Man, it's cool to to look at people and see what they're doing and just make progress. If you know, obviously you'll be your own artist uh, your entire uh, life, but to be able to find people and not necessarily idolize them, but learn from them, you know, kind of like a mentor, see what they're doing, study them. Uh, you can make some amazing progress. Oh yeah. So if you guys had to battle Godzilla, 
How would you use your creativity or talents to defeat that big bastard? Okay, well, considering Godzilla is one of my like favorite characters, and I've watched all the movies, even the really bad rubber suit ones, I would say I would most definitely do the smartest thing and lead him into a power line. I draw a huge pair of tits on a building. Godzilla would be like, I'm going to go touch them shit. And I lead him into a power line and watch him die and cry. And then like, just for the Godzilla, like, just for the, for the sacrament of it. Uh, that's a good one. Who doesn't love tits? You know, what I'm yeah. I ask everybody that question. So it's, that was, that was one of the better answers. It's hilarious. Uh, I, I mean, I could see it working. It would. It would absolutely work. Uh, so do you guys have any closing advice uh, that you'd like to give our listeners before we call it uh, a day? Um, Keep moving. Uh, I mean, that's all I can really tell you is keep moving, stay on top of your shit. Um, don't slack off. Just you know, keep it going. Because if you do that, the second you get comfortable doing that, it's going to be with you for a really long time. It's going to take a long time to get out of that mood. So keep moving, never stop, you know, stay busy. Um, just keep it going and never doubt yourself, but always don't be afraid to ask for help. Yeah. And I, I think the keep moving thing is, is crucial. And if you do get into that comfort zone, you're doing something wrong. I mean, you need to always be taking a step forward uh, getting a little bit funky and getting out of your comfort zone. Uh, because yeah. if you continue to get out of your comfort zone, you continue to expand your horizon and then you can just dominate the world. Oh, yeah. And, and it's an amazing thing. So what about tools or resources or any favorite apps that you guys use? Do you have any of those? Um, For me, there's an app for it. I mean, <laughs> as cliche as that sounds, there's an app for it. But I use a lot of, a lot of things that I design around is uh, – the Fibonacci theory. There's an app that helps you give you that gives you Fibonacci. Uh, what you call it? They give you the ratios and everything. So for whatever measurements you use, you can get the coinciding measurement with it. That's like one of my favorite things to use because it just makes your designs look so so good to the human eyes, like visually pleasing for the most part. So what's it Google? <laughs> um. I don't have an app for it, but I know there is an app. I'll just say the Fibonacci theory app. <laughs> okay. I got you. I thought you might have been using a program or something, and then you were saying there was also an app for it. But I will mark Google for you as well. <laughs> Actually, no, don't mark that. <laughs> no, good good hard copy books. Yeah. I know Google, like you can Google anything you want, but it'll never be the same as being able to go and pull out a design book or pull out a comic book or pull out – like my closet is just chock full of old sketchbooks that I've gotten from people that they might think is shitty, but I might think is amazing barrels and tubs full of comic books and artist books and reference books and anatomy books and graffiti books and pretty much hard collected data. You know, I don't like, I don't, I, I'm all about the digital age, but being able to refer back to something that someone poured their actual soul in instead of someone just snapping a picture and uploading it, which is all fine, but I think you'll get the most reference and you can see, you can see people's mistakes in books. And I don't think that's something that you could find on Google necessarily. 
Because when someone takes a picture, they're trying to get the perfect image. As in when someone's actually like working on something very personal and you can go back and you can kind of feel how they were thinking at that moment and can pull it from there. We both totally chose like not applications or any technology. Screw that. (laughs) Hardcore traditional. I said resources too. So that's, that's what I like to hear, man. It's awesome. I'm a big fan of the hardback books as well. Uh, they're all over the place. I can't get enough of them. So well, guys, I really appreciate your time and it's been a lot of fun. It's been a blast and everybody out there, uh, you know, take some advice and get out there, do a little boogie, get out of your comfort zone, put that creative umbrella up. You'll never know what kind of doors it can open. Uh, and if you wake up face down, pants down in a bush somewhere in Atlanta, uh, the note will be there to that, watch your happened. back. <laughs> that's not a joke. That's it's real. <laughs> All right, guys. I told you. (laughs) I've fallen off the toilet so many times. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thanks so much for being the Archapreneurs now. And always remember to keep it heady. No doubt. No doubt. Thank you for having us. Thank you for listening to the Archapreneur Now podcast. For all the show notes and more information, please visit artsynow.com. That's A-R-T-S-Y now.com. Thank you. The music for this podcast was provided by Shaky Feeling out of Ventura, California. For more information, please visit shakyfeeling.com. Keep it funky.